0: to the Healthcare Real Estate Advisor podcast. I'm Andrew Dick, an attorney with Hall Render, the largest healthcare-focused law firm in the country. Please remember the views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants only and do not constitute legal advice. Today we'll be talking about a unique way for nonprofit healthcare providers to finance sale leaseback transactions and build to suit facilities using what we will refer to as the foundation real estate model. The foundation real estate model may be a new concept for some of you, but it has been around for a while and more widely used in the higher education space. In fact, there are several nonprofit real estate foundations that support other nonprofit corporations by providing low cost financing options For real estate transactions. Centurion Foundation is one example of a foundation that can provide a variety of outsourced real estate functions, including ownership, financing, and other real estate services for nonprofit healthcare providers. Today, we'll be talking with Ben Mingle, the Executive Vice President of the Centurion Foundation. Ben, thanks for joining me.
1: Andrew, good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, as as a little bit of background, then before we talk about the Centurion Foundation, let's talk about you and and your professional experience. You're a certified public accountant with quite a bit of uh accounting experience and real estate experience. So talk a little bit about your accounting experience.
1: Yeah, so I after college I uh worked for large national CPA firms in their uh, advisory and assurance practices. Uh, all in, that was about 11 years of my career. My main focus was real estate. So those were developers, REITs, joint venture entities, and then the rest of my practice surrounded healthcare institutions and, and banking clients. So a, a flavor across the financing and real estate aspects coupled with healthcare.
0: Interesting. And you were with firms, I think KPMG and EY and were two examples, correct?
1: Yeah, I spent the bulk of my time with, with Ernst & Young, but I, early on I was with uh, KPMG.
0: Great. After you left the public accounting world, you spent some time working for a number of real estate investment and development firms. Why did you make the leap to real estate? How did that all play out?
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the transition for me uh, started, you know, while I was in public accounting, working with developers and working on different real estate uh, projects is where I kind of saw my passion for real estate and, and watching the project. Uh, come from an idea all the way out of the ground. And then I got an opportunity through a, a childhood friend of mine to go work for CBL. I grew up next door to some of the executives there. And and so I made the leap from public accounting into the real estate world, you know, kind of through that, that process.
0: So so Ben, talk a little bit about CBL because that that uh, was a pretty significant opportunity. CBL is pretty well known in the real estate world. It was a real estate investment trust and uh, tell us a little bit about what you were doing there.
1: Man, it was uh, it was a great opportunity for me. It was it was right at the tail end of, of the big run from 05, 06, 07 and then to 08, 09, 010. So I got to watch the real estate landscape change a lot. I had a really unique role where I oversaw a big chunk of the accounting department, but then I also was kind of the finance and, and accounting leader over the entire development por- portfolio for CBL. So that meant all day, every day, I was working on different real estate projects, figuring out how to get it financed, figuring out how to work out a, a broken deal in the 8 09 time timeframe. So it was really a, a transformative role for me to take me from a, a CPA in professional practice to an actual, you know, an executor of projects from a finance and structuring standpoint.
0: Right. And and CBL, for those that that may not know, was a pretty significant uh, REIT that was uh, owned and operated uh, retail properties, right, Ben?
1: That's right. They were, you know, at the time I was there, they were probably the fifth, fourth or fifth largest retail property owner in the United States.
0: Okay. And then, You made the move to Hutton Company, which, uh, again, pretty significant real estate company. Tell us what they did and what you were doing for Hutton Company.
1: Yeah, so some of the uh, executives at Hutton were were folks I had worked with at at CBL. Hutton was, at the time, probably one of the largest net lease developers in the United States, uh, working for household names like Walmart and Dick's Sporting Goods and Family Dollar, Dollar General uh folks like that it was a very entrepreneurial environment which which I really enjoyed and you know kind of got out of public company uh model into into just a pure development model and it was it was a great experience for me they at the time when I came in the the company probably had 200 million in assets and was doing you know doing a, a decent bit of volume but while I was there we you know, we doubled and tripled a couple of years there in a row. We had a big program with Walmart, so um, it was a an excellent time for me to to be in that that space.
0: And so you were you were serving as one of the the chief financial officers or the chief financial officer, doing quite a bit of strategic planning, finance, etc. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I, w- I was the the CFO there, and we were going through that tremendous growth period. So my my main job was to set the strategic plan so that we had enough capital to continue to develop for our client. So that covered the full suite of finance, tax, treasury, accounting, you name it. It was it was all-encompassing.
0: Okay, and then you worked for a couple of years there and uh, make the move to uh, the University Financing Founda- Foundation, also known as TUF. Tell us a little bit about that transition and what you were doing for TUF.
1: Yeah, so back to Ernst and Young again. Um, through some relationships that I, I kept up with Ernst and Young, I got introduced to Tuff, and over a you know long period of time, I learned more about their business and really saw how unique it was and what a what a powerful solution that a five hundred one c three real estate found, foundation can provide to its clients. Um, and really felt like it was an opportunity to take my finance skill sets and use that in a way that had a bigger impact. And so I made the move to tough in 2017.
0: And, and, and then after, uh, working for tough for, uh, a while, you decided to, uh, move to Centurion Foundation, which is a little bit of a, a similar model that, uh, compared to tough. Um, Talk about how you decided to make the move to uh, Centurion Foundation and, and what that was like, because it sounds like you were considering forming your own foundation to provide resources to uh, nonprofit corporations, uh, but, but then found Centurion. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so, you know, being at tough, they were one of the early 501c3s, and they were exclusively focused on higher education, so really kind of at the epicenter of of that world. While I was there, uh, realized the solutions that exist in the higher ed space were were really needed in the healthcare space. A lot of hospitals face many of the same kind of challenges that higher education institutions face from a funding standpoint and so really kind <clears> of <throat> saw that that opportunity and that need was there and and was thinking thinking that I would potentially set up my own foundation to focus exclusively on healthcare and as and I was going through that process I got introduced to Greg Grove and the Centurion Foundation Greg had a Greg had a background in Healthcare, tax exempt financing. He had been an investment banker at the beginning of his career. um, And he had set up Centurion Foundation in 1996 with the mission of helping other 501c3 organizations deliver mission critical facilities. So it was a fortuitous chance that Greg and I met. Uh, We worked together for over a year and really kind of honed in on what we thought the vision for Centurion could be. And, you know, I, I decided to come on board. Uh, in 2018, at Centurion.
0: Ben, uh, Centurion Foundation. It's it's uh, headquartered in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's been around for a while. Talk about the types of projects that that it has financed in the past, and what your your vision is going forward.
1: Yeah. So Centurion was founded in '96, and like I, I mentioned earlier, with a very broad mission, and that. That broad mission was intentional so that we, we had the biggest opportunity to help the most organizations out there. You know, that's important for listeners on the call today to think about because we want to be able to look at many different types of transactions in healthcare and in, and in other spaces, but, and be flexible and be open to the needs of those clients. So our mission being very broad is, is really important. Um, Centurion has financed a number of projects in the past. When I say finance, some of them are ownership structures with leasing, like we're, we're talking, we're going to talk about later today, and then some of those are more direct uh, lending transactions. Um, so the, the transactions include long-term care facilities, student housing, and charter schools to date. Centurion also has a sister 501c3 organization uh, with some some common board membership and. And that's uh, the Guardian Foundation. The Guardian Foundation has been around since 89, um, and it owns and operates long-term care facilities um, and has financed over 20 facilities throughout the United States.
0: That's interesting. So uh, talk a little bit about uh, your vision for taking Centurion to the next level and really uh, focusing on the healthcare industry. What type of transactions will Centurion be focusing on in the healthcare space? You know, new development projects, sale leasebacks, all of the above. Talk a little bit about what you're you're out there chasing today.
1: Yeah, I think uh the all the above comment kind of hits right in with us. We we look at new development projects a lot. We also are looking at sale leasebacks. Uh you know, the, the focus for us is where the hospital is the anchor tenant for the project. So we can do a hospital, an entire hospital, a hospital wing, a medical office building, an outpatient clinic, a surgery center, a freestanding ED, uh, any, any, really any project where the hospital is the key anchor. We can have private docs and private use in the facility, but, but the key for the facility for us is that the hospital is the main beneficiary of that facility.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about the structure, uh, because the foundation model has been around for some time, but uh, some of our listeners may not be familiar with the structure. Um, typically, you're you're going to form a nonprofit entity, the hospital, which is uh, needs to be typically a nonprofit hospital that would be the tenant in the project. Uh, Centurion could partner with, like on a build the suit project, a developer and help the hospital. Really shape the project from design to completion. Talk a little bit about some of the flexibility that you have in terms of uh, you, you could help source architects, fee developers, etc.
1: Yeah, so I think I think the most important thing for people to hear today, when we talk about this, is is the flexibility concept. We are not set with a particular model of this is how we do a project we look at it, each project and more importantly we look at the needs of the, of the health system and craft the the model to fit those constraints that mold the the ask so you know in a in a typical transaction we would expect a ground lease from the hospital we would own the project and we would lease the project back to the hospital system. In the case of a development deal, you know, we would bring in a fee development, uh, fee only developer, and they would work with us and work with the hospital to manage the architect and manage the design process and manage the construction process and ensure everything, you know, is completed in the way that, that you would expect of a building of that caliber. The flip of that is... If the hospital has all those resources in-house, the development resources, you know, the hospital can manage the design of the building and manage selecting the contractor. Uh, we'll be involved and in, in help, you know, all along the way, but but if the hospital wants to play in that role, that's something that we're open to. So in either case, if, if there's a developer involved or not, Centurion would finance uh with taking that lease and that support of the transaction by the hospital through the lease we would finance the portions of the building the hospital is going to occupy with tax-exempt debt and then portions of the hospital that might be uh, occupied by for-profit uses we would finance with taxable debt what what we feel about this is that that blend ultimately creates greater flexibility and how we can how the hospital can use the facility, and it also creates the lowest cost of capital. Um, we feel like that's the you know the one of the key competitive advantages uh, that we have.
0: I think I think so you're right, Ben. I mean, I think you're right. I think the the low cost of capital is where. These nonprofit healthcare systems can really benefit from the Centurion model, and and at the end of the, uh, for example, if it's a 25-year lease, at the end of uh, end of the lease, one of the benefits is uh, the hospital uh, owns the project at the end. Is that right, Ben?
1: Yeah, I mean when you when you kind of think about the key benefits, what we like to say is, you know, number one, you're working with another five oh one C three that isn't necessarily motivated by profits. So we're aligned. You 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 hope to feel alignment in working with us from day one. We're extremely transparent. You'll know everything that we know. There won't be any mystery as as to how the transaction gets done. You know, the the second point that you just kind of mentioned is our goal is for the ownership of the facility to revert back to the hospital at the end of the lease term. And without getting into lease accounting on this call today, we can structure that in several different ways just to meet whatever desired structure the hospital wants. But through that, the hospital is ensured long-term control of the facility. You know, and then what I'd say about the, the rent structure is we can structure the rent in any manner that the hospital wants. So we could have a flat rent all over the entire term we can have built-in increases all of that is just to manufacture the lowest cost debt service which equals the lowest rent payment and we can structure that based on whatever their needs are for that different for that particular asset and whatever their overall corporate constraints are you know the other benefit uh would be generally you're, we're going to be able to pass through real estate tax exemption. Every state's different, uh, but generally, we're going to help main, be able to maintain that real estate tax exemption. So that's that's critical. And then, like in the case of a development deal, you know, we should also be able to help avoid sales tax on construction materials. So we we kind of see those as our key benefits when the hospitals are are thinking about ways that they're going to outsource and 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 looking at us, comparing us to a another alternative they might have.
0: I mean, those are significant benefits. I know, Ben. Over the years, when I've represented uh, healthcare providers, uh, most for-profit developers can't bring those benefits to the table. So, you know, when when I think about the Centurion model, some of my clients might say, "Well, why wouldn't my healthcare system simply issue bonds uh, itself to fund the project uh, instead of using Centurion?" And I I think the response is, "Well," Centurion handles the, the issuance of the bonds and provides a turnkey solution that is often uh, much more simpler for the health system to execute when compared to a, a bond issuance through a large health system. I, am I thinking about that correctly?
1: Andrew, you're right. I mean, we, we would always say that hopefully the hospital's cost of finance is the lowest, but, but there could be other things that are constraining them. So if they have a need not to have direct debt, then they they likely are considering outsourcing. And what we would like to say is centurion or you know someone like us would be their next best option uh because we're also going to have effectively that really low cost of financing like they will have, but it won't be direct debt. And then and then we also have the opportunity to to simplify it for them where they can just sign a lease and they work they you know they have a development partner that we can work with. Together, and they have some assurances that that development partner that they may have had some past experience with or, or one that I can introduce them to uh, has surety of execution. So when, when you think about an, an operating lease benefit, uh, and that potentially saves credit capacity for them to focus on other mission-critical facilities or, or investments or initiatives and not potentially have to tie up their credit for you know whatever this project uh, would cost them.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important distinction, and and I think some of my clients would say, you know, going through a bond issuance for a larger health system is a is a ton of work. A lot of due diligence needs to be performed. Whereas with the Centurion model, it's it's much simpler. Like you said, more of a, a sign the lease and you're off to the races. Uh, in terms of uh, let, let's. Quickly talk about build-to-suit transactions. I think we've mentioned some of the benefits, but but Centurion could could act uh, when it when it provides a turnkey solution. It could it could engage architects. It could engage contractors. Take some development risk. Help with developer selection if that's needed. Isn't that right, Ben? I mean, one of the benefits is you can do. You can just provide the financing on one end of the spectrum. On the other end, you could provide a a turnkey development solution for the healthcare system. Am I thinking about that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we we like to think that we provide a solution that that may be different than the way they've been executing projects in that we bring an institutional thought process to how a, a building should be designed. We're going to listen. We're going to make sure that building is designed to meet your needs. But we're also going to be able to point out things that, you know, your internal team may not be considering just by we'll bring a national developer onto our team that, you know, that's developing across the country. And that perspective, a lot of times can help lower cost or or really refine the, uh, the criteria for the building. Um, so, so we bring that, but we also bring the, you know, the humility to know that, that some hospitals out there today are, are very dialed in to, to, the things we just, I just mentioned and they may want to be in total control. And so we're, we're flexible either way. Um, so we, we work with architects, we work with contractors, we work with developers and attorneys, um, you know, all, all day. That's the, the business of real estate. So that we, but the, you know, but we're so flexible that I think, That, again, separates us from some of their other options that that will literally do this transaction in the way that that they want to execute it versus the way we we want to execute it.
0: That's helpful. Uh, You know. We've talked about build-to-suit transactions. Let's talk just a little bit about sale leaseback transactions because we know a number of healthcare systems over the last ten years or more have decided to monetize uh some of their, their real estate assets, for example, medical office buildings. Centurion can also provide a solution there as well, uh, where Centurion comes in and becomes the surrogate owner of those assets, leases them back to the healthcare system. Ben, uh, in terms of sale, leaseback transactions, why would someone use Centurion over any other for-profit real estate company? What are the benefits?
1: Yeah, I think it, it first is rooted in our not-for-profit mission. I mean, you know, when when you look at a transaction with us versus a REIT or another private owner, you um, our ultimate goal and the way we will look at it is, how do we achieve sale accounting for the hospital, any gain recognition that they're looking for, but then also structure that that lease, that operating lease, so that ownership will revert back to the hospital at the end of the lease term. And then when you, when you think about that and look at that over a, the life cycle of the building, you're going to have a much lower cost of occupancy because our lease payments will be really calculated on the cost of finance and not the cost of the, the spread in the marketplace and what rental rates are doing today so the hospital has a great opportunity to benefit over the long term because our our lease payment could be fixed for you know effectively 20 30 years uh, and in a REIT or other ownership model that that won't be the case And then at the end, you know, we're not going to be trying to negotiate a fair value buyout if if the hospital ever wants to buy the facility back. You know, another big benefit in doing a similar transaction with us is you know we're likely to be able to maintain property tax exemption as well. So when they when they think about all of those things and they look at all of them, you know we feel like we've got a really compelling story when they're thinking about potentially selling a building on a on a sale leaseback basis.
0: Interesting. Talk a little bit about the lease terms, uh, Ben. How much flexibility is there? Are we talking fifteen year leases, twenty year leases, thirty year, or is it really? However, you you structure the deal. I mean, there can be flexibility there. In other words,
1: yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's that's the most important thing for the for the f- folks on the call that come away with today is our our flexibility and our willingness to look at many different structures. <laughs> uh, the simple answer is. We kind of look at it and think that the 20-year lease uh, makes the most sense because it provides a really low cost of finance. And then it also maintains a reasonable rent constant. Uh, you know, the shorter 10-, 12-, 15-year leases get pretty expensive on, a, on an annual basis. Um, so we really will look at anything, though, and we'll look at any structure, whether it's a public uh, bond financing, a private bond financing, a CTL or, or other source of capital. We have effectively all the different capital solutions available to us to to work on or work with in the Centurion platform.
0: You mentioned CTL financing. Uh, for for those listeners that that may be familiar with that term or may not be, it's it's credit tenant lease CTL for short. Um, ben, some of the listeners may say, well how is Centurion different than a, a CTL lender or, or what are the, what, how can you distinguish yourself between a, a traditional CTL transaction and what Centurion offers?
1: Yeah, so if, the, if a hospital is thinking that they may just put a CTL loan on the building versus selling it, there's a couple of other things that we provide that, that are compelling uh, when they think about that is if there's good tax-exempt use in that building, then we should be able to finance the sale lease back with tax exempt debt and therefore lowering the cost of occupancy lower than a CTL rent uh, loan payment. Um, and then it also typically would be indirect debt uh, because it would be an operating lease. And, and that we hope depending on the, the way your debt covenants are structured can preserve some of your debt capacity.
0: And, and Ben, in terms of uh we, we talked a little bit about this earlier. As much as Centurion Foundation is focused on nonprofit healthcare systems, if, if those healthcare systems have a project that has mixed use, meaning some good 501c3 uh, tax-exempt use in the building, but, but some uh, for-profit use or um, private use, uh, maybe it's a physician practice group that's independent that happens to be in a medical office building, does that limit your ability to, to underwrite a deal?
1: Uh, I think the short answer is no. Um, and we're going to look at a couple of different things on, on something that has for-profit use. I mean, the first thing we're going to look at from our perspective is, is this facility helping achieve the mission of, of the hospital? So we're going to make sure there's a mission match. Um, and generally, there, generally there will there will be. Um, so we'll we'll need some form of C three component in the facility um, to kind of accomplish that. And then from a financing standpoint, we'll look at you know what is what is who are the tenants today, and which one of those which which of those tenants are good C three users, and then which of those tenants are for profit users. And then we'll we'll look out into the future with the health system and and ask the question of what do you think will happen you know, five, 10 years down the road in this facility. And then we'll craft and mold the blend of taxable and tax exempt debt uh, based upon those answers so that we can still accommodate for profit use in that building.
0: Great. Uh, Talk about geographic restrictions, if any. Will Centurion finance projects in any state or are you focused in, you know, to projects in the southeast, Centurion Atlanta? Talk a little bit about that
1: yeah so we're having uh, conversations right now uh, in the southeast and, and and also in the West. Um, so we'll look at anything in the US and that that kind of goes back to our flexibility comments earlier on is you know we we won't have boots on the ground on the west Coast, but we will partner uh, with the developer, you know, if we need it more um, with the hospital system for boots on the ground. so we we think that model keeps us nimble and flexible. And so we're not uh, dictated by you know, our own structure as far as, as looking at a different transaction.
0: And in, in terms of other uh, services that Centurion can provide, we've talked a lot about healthcare today. Uh, will you also look at uh, higher education projects or, or projects that involve other nonprofits, or are you just going to focus on healthcare?
1: Yeah, I think our, our main focus is healthcare. Um, we have some university relationships, and we are we are looking at a, a couple of different university uh, projects. But but our focus really is healthcare. But we will you know an academic medical center uh, is a good example of that. I mean you're you're, you're blending the needs of a, a health system and a and a university, and so we're we're looking at some of those. And then um, other not for profits definitely fit in our in our scope. So we will look at any transaction or potential transaction that has a a 501c3 use
0: great well ben looking forward uh you know five years from today where do you see centurion foundation uh what will you all be working on uh is the outlook positive i mean how much interest in this model has there been talk a little bit about that
1: yeah i i feel really good about where we are and where where we're going you know i i expect that in five years this solution that we provide and that some others provide will be a very commonly used tool in the in the healthcare space um, I think it'll be more um, more of a household solution that that hospitals can understand and and use that to their benefit um, and so I hope we're you know still doing what we're doing five ten years from now uh, I just expect that there will probably be other people in the space and, you know, there'll be a lot a lot more prevalence of this approach.
0: Ben, how can folks connect with you and learn more about what Centurion is doing?
1: Yeah, I think the easiest way is to just drop me a note, an email. Uh, it's ben, it's, it's bmingle at centurionmail.org. Um, I think if they just drop me a note, I'll be quick to, to follow up with them.
0: Great. Hey, Ben, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast today. This is uh, really good information for our listeners. Um, I want to want to thank our audience as well for listening to the podcast on your Apple or Android device. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave feedback for us. We also publish a newsletter called the Healthcare Real Estate Advisor. To be added to that list, please email me at adick at Thanks so much and uh, have a great day.